0: Hi, guys, welcome to this episode of Hoop Talks. And today we are going to be discussing and debating our top 10 list of NBA players, past and in the present.
1: My name is Ala Pegde. My name is Siddharth Serpeneni. And let's get started. You want to start this discussion? Sure. Yeah. So for my GOAT number one player, I got Michael Jordan. So this is kind of self explanatory. He's literally nicknamed the GOAT. Um, he averaged 36 and 5, and more than the stats, the main thing about him was he was just a proven winner. We all know about a six and zero finals record. And yeah, he just got the job done every time. Wait, going back to the stats, you
0: said 36 and five. What does that mean?
1: Oh, um, 365 or? Uh, it's 30.1 points. That's actually uh, leading like NBA all time, six rebounds and five assists. Oh, so it's saying that he's just super efficient at getting points. He was kind of like the go-to guy. You want to win a point,
0: the game's coming down to it, you give it to Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anytime it was crunch time, close game, they'd always give it to him. All right, that's really respectable. And who do you have as your second pick? So for my second best player, I got LeBron James. LeBron and Jordan are, I feel like you could argue either of them for the GOAT. And LeBron, um, he's had unparalleled consistency over his entire career. He He came out of high school with unparalleled expectations and he's proven time and time again that he could deliver his career averages are 27 points seven assists and seven rebounds so he was a great all-around player and the one thing that makes him unique was he's been able to adapt his game over time as he's gotten older he's obviously been a freak athlete but he's also a great passer and extremely smart okay so he's a really good like all-rounded well packaged is what you're saying Exactly. And he's been able to adapt. He's basically been good at everything. Got it. And who do you have as your number three pick? For my number three player, I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, he mainly, play, he played with the Bucks and the Lakers. So he won actually a championship in the second uh, s- season in the league. So he's uh, shown f- from a very young age that he could be great. And he had a very long career as evidenced by he's the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. So his career averages were 25, 11 and 4. All right yeah, those are impressive stats I agree. but did he win he when did
0: he win these rings by himself like Michael Jordan or did he have another co-star that's
1: equally carrying all the burden? actually speaking of co- co-stars for my number four, I got Magic Johnson. So those two played together for much of their careers in uh, on the Lakers. So uh, those two really went up with some great fights against the Celtics with Larry Bird. So yeah, Magic Johnson would be my number four as he's averaged 20.7 rebounds and 11 assists, which is the all-time leader for assists. And what do assists really add? I mean, I thought the ultimate
0: goal of basketball is to score the ball. What do assists really help with?
1: So he, he was a great playmaker. He had good players around him, but he's really able to facilitate the ball and get easy shots for his teammates. And this playmaking also opened up scoring for himself. So in, in general, that just made the offense much more efficient. And so during the
0: Magic Johnson Lakers era, was the team revolved around him or was it revolved around Kareem? What would you say?
1: In Magic's very early years, it did revolve a little bit more around Kareem. But actually, even in Magic's rookie year, he won finals MVP after Kareem got hurt. So it shows that Magic, from, again, from a very young age was really good. And especially as time went on, he became the real leader of the team all right all right and at number five who do you got at number five i got bill russell so he may not wow people with the stats compared to other greats as he averaged only 15 points but he did average 23 rebounds a game and four assists so um the main thing about him though that we always talk about is the amount of rings he had he has 11 rings all time which is the number one all time and he was just he's a proven winner he's like if you if you need to think about winning in the NBA, he's, he's the guy you should look for. And he really, he was just a lockdown defender. And even though that didn't show up in the stats as blocks weren't really counted at that time, he was the main like fulcrum on defense for the Celtics.
0: All right. And why would you put him so low? I mean, you put Michael Jordan as one, he's won six championships. Um, Will, um, sorry. Bill Russell has won 11,
1: which is almost double. And yet he's still number five. Could you explain that please? Um, Bill Russell, t- as as good as he was, don't get me wrong, Bill Russell had like arguably one of the best teams of all time. I don't remember the exact amount of Hall of Famers, but I'm pretty sure it was like five or something on that one team. So his team was absolutely stacked too. But um, yeah, so that's why I got him a little lower. And obviously his stats aren't as on par with some of the people around him. But again, the winning speaks for itself.
0: Okay, so coming back to this Bill Russell argument... Was the team, when he was drafted to the Celtics, was he drafted into a pre-existing good team? Or did the
1: organization bring other players to help him along? How'd that work? Actually, the team was originally pretty good. Like, they did bring some players on as time went on. But the team that he was drafted to was decently good. But they never really had much of a, like, defense. They had great offensive players, but their defense was lacking. And Bill Russell was able to completely flip the script in terms of defense. And that made them a championship team.
0: Got it. So he was that kind of switch that they pulled in order to start winning. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Who do you have at number
1: six? At number six, I got Kobe Bryant. So um, he's averaged... Peace. Oh what?
0: Rest in peace.
1: Yeah. Um, he averaged 25, 5, and 5. And we all know about his incredible work ethic. It's never really been matched. And he was like just a basketball purist. And he... No one could hit tough shots like him and he he's he came again uh, into the league straight out of high school and at a very young age, he was able to have a three-peat with Shaquille O'Neal and later on in 2009 and 10, he showed that he could lead a team on his own and won two rings. All right, so he's had a very impressive overall, overall resume. He won at
0: the start of his career and he also won at the end, which is quite hard to do, especially in this day and age. Would you, do you agree?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, he was just said longevity is has been almost unmatched. And on top of that, um, he's he's one of the most iconic players of all time, especially of this generation, has inspired plenty of young hoopers to continue improving. And so when you made this list, Were you talking about pure
0: achievement, like stats-wise, accomplishments? Or were you talking about the impact on the basketball community and how many kids it inspired, how much of the future generation it inspired? Because I know a lot of the present-day players were heavily inspired by Kobe Bryant, Devin Booker in particular. I think he
1: modeled his whole game after the great legend. What do you think about that? Yes, uh, Kobe Bryant has been very uh, iconic. But in terms of this list, I try not to look too much at that. I more looked at people's achievements and their stats because this is like a greatest players of all time list. Right. So I feel like those are two key, um, uh, like parts. So you're interpreting greatest as
0: the most efficient. Who do you want to build a team around? Not actually the best for basketball, the best for the future of basketball.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Who's your next pick? At number seven, I got Larry Bird. He was, um, he went up against uh, Magic Johnson, especially those two of the rivals. And they really revived the NBA in the 80s back when it was uh, dying out slowly. Uh, not dying out necessarily, but wasn't as nearly as popular as it is now. So Larry Bird, his stats were... Um, give me a sec, sorry. He, uh, he averaged... Uh, I think I he can't... averaged 24, 10, and 6. Oh, okay. T- uh, 20... Okay, okay. 24. He averaged 24, 10, and 6. Thank you. And he was a great shooter, a great all-around player. Um, not many wings, especially at that time, could get as many assists as he could. And obviously, I mean, 10 rebounds, that's a lot, especially for someone of his size as a wing. And he really went up against Magic Johnson with, um, and their great head-to-head battles. All right. And you said wing.
0: Could you quickly explain what exactly a wing is it? Like, is it a wing on a bird or...?
1: <laughs> um, a, a wing is basically someone that plays off the perimeter usually. They do play inside too, but mostly off the perimeter, but they're much bigger. not like a point guard. They're usually like usually like six, seven plus. Um, Magic, I mean, uh, Larry Bird, sorry, was I um, like six, nine or so. So um, really tall and they're usually a little bit bigger and stronger.
0: All right, all right, that's fair. That's actually really good. Who do you have
1: next? Next up, I got Will Chamberlain. So, he's the man, the myth, the legend, literally. He wants to average 50 points in a season. And first career, he's second all time in average scoring. He averaged 30.1 points, also 23 rebounds and four assists. Um, so, yeah, his stats are just, and stories about him are just incredible. And um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. Uh, and the main thing I have him a little bit lower here, even though he's, you could argue, the greatest stats of all time is he never really won as much as some of his uh, counterparts, such as Bill Russell. And especially when he did go up against these greats like Bill Russell, he didn't really, like his stats severely diminished. So in the end, basketball is about winning. So that's why I got him a little lower. All right. And so you're saying for him, it was more of a mental problem? I wouldn't say mental problem necessarily, but just um, when going up against the greats, he, I mean, he, he would, wasn't necessarily able to play up to his normal par especially dudes like bill russell that are great defenders
0: got it and how much of that would you actually put on him versus the team like i remember earlier you talked about bill russell having an amazing team to begin with did wilt also have a great team to begin with that could equally sort of rival him and therefore he could directly rival bill russell or was he carrying a somewhat low level team compared to an all-time great team
1: oh for sure especially earlier in his career when he was with the warriors his team was not nearly as good as bill russell's team So I do understand why winning sometimes would, uh, he wouldn't be able to win as much as Bill Russell, for example. But uh, two things, number one, later on in his career, he did have a great team. And again, he did win some, but he wasn't able to win as much as Bill Russell. And on top of that, mainly in those head-to-head matchups between Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell came out on top. So that's why I have him a little lower. Okay, that's fair. And what position are we at right now? Um, We're about to go to number nine. Okay, let's hear your number nine. So my number nine is a little bit of a uncom- un- or not as popular player for the spot. It's Hakeem Eli- Elijahwan. Okay. so okay. Um, He averaged 22, 11, and 3, which at first may not seem as impressive as some of these other players, for, like such as um, Will Chamberlain. But the main thing about him, why I have him over here, is in the 90s, Michael Jordan basically ruled the league. But in those two years he was gone, Hakeem Elijahwan won both of the championships. And he had some of the greatest runs of all time in winning those championships. So I feel like that's why he's number nine, because he was uh, one of the best players of that generation is just he's a little bit overshadowed by Jordan. Okay,
0: so do you think during the Jordan era, which is the uh, 1990s, do you think he was like the second best player who consistently fell short to Jordan? Or do you think he peaked when Jordan
1: retired for the first time? I think, I think it's a little bit of both. He was, I think you could argue, the second best player of all time in that uh, decade. But also, I do think his him and not only him, but his team peaked in those two years when Jordan was on his high. It is
0: Okay, okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And also, on top of that, Hakeem, even though his, again, these, uh, these stats aren't as impressive, he was, you could argue, one of the greatest defenders of all time. So that's another bonus for him. Okay. And who do you have at your last number 10 pick? So in my number 10, I got a modern player in Steph Curry. So he's obviously, you could talk about how he's changed the game. Like the shots he shoots are like completely bad shots for like 99% of NBA players. But for him, they're just regular shots. Um, He's averaged for his career 24, 5, and 7. But it has been in this um, last five or six years or so, ever since like 2014, that he's been absolutely insane. He's completely changed the game. You could argue i don't think anyone else in nba history has changed the game like he has and um he's also one thing i think about him that even a lot of the players above him can't really do is he could really fit in 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 an offense with other stars because he's great at playing on or off ball and is very efficient so yeah i think that's one bonus with him okay
0: that actually sounds really good. I can see you put a lot of thought into this. Do you have any concluding
1: remarks you would like to say about this list you've created? Um, well, the two people I feel like are right outside the list would be Kevin Durant and Shaquille O'Neal. So Shaq, we know how dominant he was. I feel like there's not much need, need, needing to be said about that. And with Kevin Durant, I do think he could uh, reach the top 10 for sure by the end of his career. I feel like he's just a little bit short in terms of these achievements as of now got it yeah i
0: kind of agree with you there he's a great player i mean he's arguably one of the great scorers of all time comparable to michael jordan and kobe bryant but he hasn't shown he can let a team like he joined the warriors and so he won the championships with them but he hasn't really carried a team on his
1: back to the finals and to the ultimate bill
0: russell trophy you know what i'm saying
1: exactly yeah and i do think some of it's just, sometimes it's just tough context in terms of injuries or just going up against great teams but exactly yeah in general like, if you look at all these players in this list, they did lead teams to a championship on their own. So I feel like KD is missing that right now.
0: All right. And now I have a question for you. This player I, I was actually surprised didn't make the list for you. What do you think of Tim Duncan?
1: Oh, Tim Duncan, yeah. Actually, I was really considering putting him in the top 10. And I do think, at least personally, he's more of, like, top 15 for me. But I feel like a lot of these other players, um, either they're like Bill Russell where they won, like, absurd amount of rings or they, they're able to lead a team on their own. And while Tim Duncan did go up against great teams as the star player, his team was consistently good and consistently like, well-coached. So I feel like, obviously, I can't really hold that against him, but it makes it like, slightly less impressive, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, okay, that's fair. All right, now let's switch tables. Let me give you my list, and I would love for you to tell me what you think about it. For sure, yeah. All right. At the number one position, I got the King himself, LeBron James. And I know this is kind of big debate between LeBron James and Michael Jordan, but I chose LeBron just because of his longevity. He's one of the players who entered the league in 03, and he's still playing equally as good, if not better, than his prime years. And his stats don't lie. 27 points, seven rebounds, seven assists throughout his career with many peak seasons. He's won four MVPs. He's won four NBA Finals MVPs. And the thing with him is that I know there's a lot of hype around him being in a super team, but the competition he's facing, such as the Spurs and Golden State, you kind of need that. That kind of balances out. So a lot of the hatred he gets for only forming super teams, I believe, is unvalid just because of the sheer competition he's playing. I mean, let's face it. He's playing the Golden State Warriors at their prime. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kevin Durant, three of maybe the top five best scorers in the NBA. So I think he does get a lot of respect for that. And additionally, he is arguably the best all-round player. We've seen him play point guard. We've seen him play shooting guard. We've seen him play the forwards and the center. He has a ton of size, but he's also extremely smart. So this allows him to be super versatile and a team can pretty much build anything around him. So in this context, if I were drafting a team, I would want it to be around LeBron.
1: Okay, that makes sense. So I have one question for you with LeBron. So a lot of LeBron haters point to his four and six finals record as a big uh, hit on his resume. Do you really think, do you think that's a hit even? Or do you think that's more just uh, like needs to be interpreted in context? No, I think the four and six record should not be
0: interpreted as four wins, six losses. I think it should be interpreted as four wins and 10 finals appearance. If you want to compare that to Michael Jordan, he only has six finals appearances. He didn't even make it to the finals most of his career. In fact, LeBron James has made it to the finals more years than he's missed it, which is really saying something considering he's been carrying these teams on their backs. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So yes, he's not one as many, but the fact that he's just been in the finals so many times, I don't think people should hold that against him. Okay. Now in the second pick, I got Michael Jordan. Again, this was extremely close, but I believe that Michael Jordan is a second because he's good. But in my opinion, he's only good at one thing, which is scoring. He has 30 points per game throughout his whole career, which is insane. And he's put up crazy stats, 60-point games, 50-point games, a ton of 40-point games. And so when a team's riding on it, when you need a clutch bucket, I would give the ball to Michael. And he also changed the game outside of just the scope of basketball, through his sneakers, through his endorsements. He's really inspired people to become better. And I believe that's also a great characteristic of what makes him an all-time great.
1: Okay. So again, I have one question with Jordan in terms of his uh, career path. Do you think that if Jordan was there in those two years that, or a year and a half that he was off, so uh, he kept playing, do you think he would have won those two rings and had eight straight championships or do you think probably not? I genuinely think not because when a lot of people think of championships, they only think of team chemistry
0: and physical playing, but it's a lot more than that. It's the actual mental tax. And we've seen it. Dynasties go up and dynasties go down. We saw this with the Warriors. And by the 2019 finals, they were just fried. Their brains were tired. They've been in five straight finals and that's a lot for the body to endure. And so I don't think Michael Jordan would have won that. Even though he still would have been playing great, I think he would have mentally crumbled. Okay, yeah, I I do agree, yeah. So I think the break that he took was, like, for his personal reasons as well. He just lost his father. It made sense that he needed to do what's best for him. But also for the sport of basketball, I feel like it gave him a chance to completely reset and actually aim for trying to win the championship. Eventually, it just got boring for him. Okay, yeah. In my third pick, I got Bill Russell. I chose him just because he's a winner. He's the ultimate winner of the sport. The sport is measured on how many championships you can get, and he's won 11. And so I feel like that's purely based off that stat. He deserves the third position because, yes, he's not overall the most developed player. He's insane on defense, but offense, he's not that good. And playmaking is not that good. But the fact that he can win 11 rings with all revolving
1: around him, that really says something. And that shows the mental strength he has for that. Yeah, 100%. You can't really argue with that many wins. I mean, that's what basketball is about.
0: Yeah, the ultimate goal of the game is to win a championship, and he's done that 11 times.
1: Yep. At number four,
0: I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the NBA current record holder for the most points ever and i think that's also extremely impressive he's played for many organizations he's the best bucks player of all time in my opinion and easily the top five lakers in my opinion and his stats 24 11 and 4 that's pretty insane especially for the amount of rebounds he's getting for a big man yes that's kind of expected but throughout his career if he's able to sustain that kind of energy and win five four or five championships i feel that's extremely impressive and he deserves the fourth spot 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: In the fifth, like you said, I got Magic Johnson. I feel like Cream and Magic go hand in glove. They were great teammates, and I believe they were arguably the best Lakers duo of all time. They had great chemistry. They helped each other out. And the roles actually made it so that they could – like physically on court, help each other out. Magic wasn't a big, big man. He was a guard. He was a passer. And so he could find Kareem in all these crazy situations, which most guards couldn't. And therefore Kareem could get the buckets. So I feel like Magic helped Kareem and Kareem equally helped
1: Magic. So do you think in their dynamic of uh, Magic and Kareem, Magic was more of the leader or you think it was more Kareem? In my opinion, it
0: was Magic's Lakers. When I view Kareem, I view him in the Bucks, And because I don't, I genuinely don't think Kareem would have won any rings if if it wasn't for the help of Magic Johnson. But I do believe that Magic Johnson can win rings without Kareem. Okay, okay. And additionally, just the positions they play, Magic is the guard. He's the one who starts off the plays. He's the one that initiates the plays. And so he's kind of like the brain behind the whole Lakers dynasty. And I feel like therefore it should be his team to rule. Okay. At number six, I got the man himself, Will Chamberlain, the stats getter, 30 points per game throughout his career, 22 rebounds, four assists. And those stats are purely crazy. I'm pretty sure at one point he had over 50 points a game for an entire season. And for him to be able to do that consistently with his competition is absolutely
1: crazy. So I think one thing with Will Chamberlain that also gets a little bit overlooked was the fact that he He's the all-time leader in rebounds as well with um, 23 rebounds. So do you think that's like a one part that fans really underrate or do you think we should focus on a scoring? Honestly, I do feel that rebounds are completely underrated because all a
0: rebound is, is a second chance to make a bucket. And if a team is converting 50 or 60% of their shots, getting a second chance can most of the times be the difference between winning and losing a game. And so I feel that his rebound stat and his points more than anything allowed his team to win so much. Okay. In the seventh spot, I got Tim Duncan, the face of the Spurs franchise. He's put up amazing stats, 19 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. And I feel that he has especially good longevity. He started off in the league and I'm pretty sure in his first year, second year, he made the finals and he actually won the finals MVP. And so I think that's extremely impressive. And this has spanned throughout the end of his career, too. He retired in 2016, but in 2014, he won the NBA championships. He led many stats, including rebounds. And I feel that's extremely impressive for a guy to be able to do that for so long.
1: How much do you think uh, Tim Duncan benefited from the fact that he had such a great organization around him with Greg Popovich and the Spurs and the great players? Or you think even on another team, you would have been able to pull similar stats and winning? Obviously, all these teams helped him, but at the end of the day, you can't
0: really deduct his great teammates and his great coach uh, from him. For example, he was able to only get these extremely good players because of his skill himself. Like these players wouldn't want to come to a bum team with a bum center. They would want to come to a team with a strong center. I feel like he really provided this. Okay. In my next position, I got Kobe Bryant. He has changed the game of basketball. He has an insane worth ethic, and he is almost as good as Michael Jordan. He got 26 points a game, five five rebounds, and four assists, and he was by far the face of the Lakers franchise. If I had to choose one guy to be the greatest of all time Laker, I would choose Kobe Bryant for his on-court and off-court achievements. He was clutch. I mean, he scored all the points at the end. You could count on him. He was reliable, and you knew he was going to put in the hours. And so I would definitely center a team around
1: Kobe Bryant. So who speaking of Kobe Bryant, I mean, he's been an icon for um, this entire generation. Wh- what do you think makes him most iconic for this generation? Like what part of him? I
0: think it's his work ethic. He's inspired so many young children to be better than they previously were. He wants them to go into the gym and come out feeling like a changed person. And I feel like this only Kobe has achieved. And he's backed it up five championships, three with Shaq, four on his own, uh, two on his own. And I feel like this worth ethic has instilled in so many different players. And a lot of these players now are in the league. So he's, in my opinion, the guy who's inspired the most in the future generation. Okay. And my sixth, at my sorry ninth pick, I got Shaquille O'Neal, the Big Diesel. He is the definition of dominant in his two thousand season. No one could stop him. Everyone tried, everyone couldn't. Twenty four points, eleven rebounds, and three assists is absolutely crazy. And he was unguardable. He was so big, around three hundred pounds. He was fast. He could dunk. He could jump. He could play defense. And so. Just playing with him in general was an extreme nightmare of players. And he has the stats. He has four championships, which is a lot for any player, and three of them finals MVP, which means he really carried the team on his back for those.
1: How good do you think Shaq could have been if he was even a decent free throw shooter? Because obviously he was great, but that's always been his biggest Achilles heel. Obviously, he could have been better, especially at free throws. I mean, if you consider,
0: in my opinion, free throws and regular mid-range shooting is two completely different things because mid-range shootings, you can choose when you want to take a mid-ranger or not. And for Shaq, anytime he takes a mid-ranger, it's a win for the other team. He's most likely not going to make it. And he has a way higher percent chance of actually scoring through a dunk or a layup. However, I think improving his free throw stats would have been so much better for his points per game because this was literally a strategy, it's called hack-a-Shaq, where they basically foul Shaquille O'Neal, put him at the free throw line so he can't score. Because he was so effective scoring otherwise, And yes, I think his game would have severely improved with the free throws. Okay. And in my number 10 pick, I got Chef Stephen Curry. He's changed the game on and off the court. He's the best shooter of all time. He shoots these crazy impossible shots that somehow go in every time. He's just different. And he's extremely charismatic. He got a super strong fan base. And the amount he's actually changed the game, I think that's what puts him on here. Before Steph Curry, nobody shot threes. People shot threes once in a while and it was never really used as a weapon, more like a second resort option. But Steph Curry entered, he started taking these threes and immediately the whole league erupted in shooting. It almost rose by 50% after one man. And I think that's extremely impressive.
1: 100%, yeah, he's, he's really changed the game. Yeah, I would agree. Yep do you have any last thoughts on your um,
0: list? Yeah, so I feel like our lists are pretty similar. We have a few differences. And I really respect and appreciate your list. I think each player on the list has done something unique and different for the basketball community. And I think we should all be grateful for this opportunity to witness them.
1: Exactly, yeah. These players have all contributed so much to the NBA. I agree. And that was this week's podcast of Hoop Talks.
0: Please let us know what you think and we will catch you guys in the next one. See you, yeah. Sid. See y'all